The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. In response to Jesus' rampage through the temple with a whip, I decided to write him a few letters. Through my reading of scripture and prayer and conversation with some of you and through imagination, I received some responses, which I'd like to share with you this morning, with full disclosure about the fact that I know I am putting words in Jesus' mouth, a risky business that people have been up to for a couple of thousand years now. We just keep doing it, though, because perhaps someday we'll say something and Jesus will say, yeah, that I might have said. That, and we know Jesus is pretty good at forgiveness. So here we go. Dear Jesus, during our Lenten series the other night, a group of us sat around a table reading Lenten devotionals by Barbara Crafton. She wrote about the importance of not reacting to other people's bad behavior with our own bad behavior. This seemed to be a reasonable Lenten practice, learning how to not react. And then this morning, we read about your reaction to the commerce in the temple. You entered the temple and saw the animals being sold and the money changers at work, and you made a whip out of grass and drove everyone out, not with wise parables and insightful preaching, but with a whip. Sure, they were effectively selling admission into the temple, keeping those who could not afford to purchase temple coins or sacrificial animals out. 
But did you have to go in there with a whip and overturn tables? Come on, Jesus. Even mere mortals have gotten the hang of changing the world nonviolently. But you? You needed a whip? I think you should have read Barbara Crafton's Lenten devotionals before you got all riled up in the temple that day. I am disappointed, and I hope you have some sort of acceptable explanation. Awaiting a reply. Becky. Dear Becky, let me tell you a story. There once was a little girl who felt so out of control that she screamed and whined all the time. Her parents did not know what to do, but they knew they wanted her to be happy, so they bought her many things. Dolls, toys, dresses, movies, video games, piles and piles of stuff. So much stuff that when she received a new gift, she almost immediately discarded it into the mountain of things in her room. The girl's tantrums got worse. Her parents eventually called a therapist. He came in with trash bags and cleared out most of the accumulated things, stuff, creating an uncluttered, sacred space for peace and rest and play. He also helped her parents to take charge of the household once again. At first, the little girl was very upset that control over her family had been taken away from her, not to mention her toys. But she soon settled into her new space and her new sense of security. Her childhood was now seen as sacred space. There was finally room inside of her for love, wonder, peace, and whether or not she knew it, me. When you read about my day in the temple, you were disappointed. I, too, was disappointed that day in the temple. I was angry, actually. I could barely see the sacred space of my father's house through the crowd of people selling sacrificial animals and coins to those who just wanted to come in and pray. The little girl wasn't going to give most of her toys away if her parents asked her nicely. They needed to go in there armed with trash bags. And the money changers weren't going to stop exploiting the poor and the holy if I asked them nicely either. I needed to go in there armed with a grass whip and my anger. What you need to know is that I cared too much for the people in the temple that day to allow them to continue to cheat themselves and each other out of a sacred space. If you read this story in the Gospel of Matthew, you will see what happens next. The blind, the lame, and the children were able to enter in as the commerce was chased out of their way. The temple was restored to its holy purposes, and it was made available to all. Yours, Jesus. Dear Jesus, tell me. How do we humans not misunderstand the fact that you used a whip and physical force to reclaim the temple? How do we not think that you have granted us permission to be violent with each other when we see someone else as dangerous or when someone else's actions and ideals are out of line with our own? Please explain. Becky. Dear Becky. 
There are no easy explanations. Humanity and divinity are mysterious and multi-layered. Different situations call for different ways of being. Yet yet you sometimes have to yell to keep your children from running into the street. This does not mean it is okay to yell at them all the time. There are people in your community who have spent time in war zones where there was much violence happening in the name of real or perceived greater good. They have struggled more than most with the question you just asked me. It is not simple. Ultimately, I want all people to be freed from the kind of human strife that inspires violent reaction. I want people to be released from whatever is keeping them from living, loving lives with one another. The Creator wants this too, which is why God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which you just heard Jim Jim Wood read to your congregation. Guidelines to help free people from the temptations that pull them out of their knowledge of God's universal love and into war with one another. Think on this. Love Jesus. Dear Jesus, maybe I am starting to understand this just a little bit. Maybe violence, in its many forms, happens against one another when we lose sight of each one's belovedness. Maybe it is the clutter in the temples of our lives that keeps us from seeing you and one another more clearly. Maybe that clutter needs to be chased out with a whip every once in a while. But then it does seem an awful cycle of violence. This clutter, Jesus, it is everywhere. Our brains get so filled with the news and the media and perceived needs Our confusion about what we actually need is so pervasive. The other day, I heard a commercial for chewing gum that promised to be more convenient and portable because, I am not kidding, it comes without a wrapper. So you can chew gum without having to unwrap it. And I bet someone out there is saying, I need that. And I will admit that I went on a quest for sunglasses this week because I felt I needed to stop being blinded by all this snow. And I needed to find new sunglasses in a store rather than spend time searching through my messy house for an old pair. And now a new pair of sunglasses has been added to the clutter of my car. And amid the clutter in my car is a Bible and a Lenten devotional, but they are rather hard to find under all the other stuff, which means I am at least a week behind in my Lenten readings. But I am fully caught up with both Grandchester and Downton Abbey. (laughs) Prioritizing you and cleansing the temples of our lives is hard. We need your help. I want to see temples of your love when I look at the lives of the people around me and when I look at my own life. Personally, I don't want to get to the stage where you have to rampage through my life with a grass whip to get my attention. An intervention with a trash bag I could probably handle. Let's figure this out while we're still at the trash bag stage, okay? Awaiting clutter intervention. Becky.
Dear Becky, the world could use some trash bag intervention, as could your life. Don't forget, though, that there is also much goodness. My hope for everyone is that the goodness crowds, it grows, and it crowds out the clutter. And then the goodness, the image of God in each person, can find a couple of comfortable chairs in the wide open space of their life and invite me in more fully. For some people, making this space means leaving home without any kind of communication device. Some need to develop a spiritual practice. Some need to go to the gym to take care of their physical temple, while others need to skip the gym and take their kids or grandkids sledding. Some need to cut back on TV or video games or Facebook or whatever it is that distracts them from me. Some need to go to church more often. And some, dare I say it, need to step back from their church duties enough so that, so that their faith remains fed by Christian community and not drained by it. Each of my brothers and sisters can discern what they personally need to do to clean up their lives enough to make space for me. And I hope each one does work to find space. I didn't love cleansing the temple that day in Jerusalem, and I don't love trying to make room in you where there is no room. But I will do it. I did not come to sit on the sidelines. I came to get some important work done in the world and in each life. And that is where I am, in the world and in each life. I am looking at you through the faces of each person in this sacred space. Sometimes I come with trash bags or loud words or even a grass whip to drive destructive distractions out of the lives of those I love, to help you to see and love more clearly. Today, I come to be with you in worship, in community, in gratitude. Always, I come in love. Always. Love, Jesus.